0: Praise the Lord. All right. Well, welcome. Glad you're here this afternoon. It's uh, time to get together to worship and to praise the Lord. We had a good time of worship. I know I did and trust uh, trusted God has ministered to your heart as we've been gathered together here um, this afternoon. Um, I want to welcome you guys who are going to be watching and listening on our podcast or on the um, Facebook or YouTube channel. We're glad that you're with us. I pray that this message will minister to you. Um, I pray that God will have his way in your life. And again, if you are watching and you like what you see, go ahead and hit the like button or the subscribe button. Uh, The bell as well on YouTube and you'll get notifications of every uploaded message that we put out there. And also on the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and you'll be able to get more messages from Manifest Church. And we're so glad that you're with us. We also would love to invite you to come and worship with us. Uh, we meet for right now because we don't have our own spot. We meet at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And so we'd love to have you come and visit and, and, and worship with us on a Sunday. So uh, let's uh, go ahead and get ready to jump in the word. I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We ask you to speak to our hearts today, Lord. We need you. We need your word. We need your presence. Lord, I pray that you would have your way uh, in everyone that's listening here in this building and those who will listen later. Father, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will convict the hearer and bring about transformation, bring about regeneration. I pray that people would come to know Christ and that, Lord, they can see that uh, our our lives um, will have meaning in you. And we thank you for that, Lord. I ask you to speak through me. Holy Spirit, have your way come upon me that I may preach the word of God with power, Lord. I don't want people's uh, faith to rest on eloquence of speech, but on the demonstration of the Spirit's power. May your Spirit be working even as I declare your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So we're going to be talking about... uh, Fleeing sexual immorality. We're called to flee sexual immorality. I want to talk about this uh, because uh, today we're, uh, we're in a time, I believe, uh, that all sexual activity has become more and more accepted as we have moved away from God um, in our society. Our society at one time, as, as we look at our history as a nation, our nation was founded on Judeo-Christian beliefs. Uh, our our nation was founded in Christ and God. Um, the Mayflower, the compact in the Mayflower was uh, for, for them to establish a Christian nation. This was what America's uh, America was going to be, a Christian nation. And it was that for a very long time. And but as generations and generations began to go, we saw that that was beginning to to begin to crack. The enemy of our soul was beginning to. Uh, take his aim at the foundations, amen? And the Bible tells us that if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And as people more and more began to accept sin and began to accept things in society, more and more uh, the, the enemy creeped in to our educational system, it crept into all facets of government, it has been in all kinds of places, and because of that, the foundations are being eroded um, not because Christ's foundation is bad, but because we have allowed it to happen. And therefore, as a result, we're seeing what we're seeing in a generation of, of people, of young people and of people who are being sexualized. It's interesting how the enemy works because uh, in Bible times, uh, this comes because of idolatry. Uh, sexual morality is very heavily co- connected to idolatry. If you look at the scriptures, you find out that those who were worshiping idols had uh, also sexual moral behavior happening within those uh, walls in those um, worship centers, right? As you would say, they were uh, they had male prostitutes there, they had women prostitutes, and they were uh, they were priests of these false gods, and they, and people began to do abominable things. They began to have sexual relations with each other in ways that God does not permit, and so. As we see, uh, you know, I remember when I was in youth ministry uh, for many years, I did that for a while while I was here in Columbia. And uh, I I remember that I used to teach on the importance of sexual purity and the importance of fleeing sexual immoral behavior to our youth. Uh, You say, well, why would you do that? What about it? Because I was seeing, even in that time, over, you know, nine years ago, uh, 20 years ago, I was seeing how sexualization of children, of young people, was happening in our society. I was sexualized as a kid, uh, overly sexualized. I saw things that I shouldn't have seen as a kid. Um, and so things begin to happen. Why? Because there's, uh, these things are taking place um, in our society. working uh, is working right now to sexualize our children. They do it through the arts. They do it through social media and through our literature. Um, it's it's incredible that we're seeing uh, these things happen again. This was happening over 20 years ago, and uh, you can imagine the spirit of the age is at work over time right now. And the times that we're in, I mean, everything you turn on I, when I was growing, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media and uh, it wasn't the Internet wasn't that accessible to a young person. It was beginning. It was in its beginning stages. And therefore, all we had was, you know, Playboy magazines or all types of this or videos that you can find in the store, pornography and those kinds of things. Uh, but you uh, did not have it easily accessible in your hand. Matter of fact, I remember when I was young that uh, certain, you know, you'd, back in the days we had these, you know, video stores where you can rent a video. Uh, movies, you can rent them there. Like now we stream them, they're everywhere, you know, you can... We used to have DVDs there They had DVDs and uh, VHS videos where you could watch. But I remember there was this this certain like not the, the like the blockbusters, but the uh, the chain ones. I'm talking about like little mom and pop places. They had like a section, certain ones, not all of them, but they had a section that was kind of uh, curtained off, you know. But there was videos back there for it was for adult entertainment. And so I remember that as a young person. Uh, seeing those kinds of things growing up. And you imagine then it was kind of hidden. It was in the back. You couldn't get to it. It wasn't just accessible to everybody. A young person wouldn't have been seen. Why? Because in our society, even though this was going on, it was still taboo. It was still something that was should not be happening uh, in front of children. And we should keep our children uh, from these things. And what hap- What has happened in our society is that is not the case anymore. Matter of fact, it is, it is the goal of Satan to um, sexualize this generation of young people. Why? Because it will lead them to idolatry. Idolatry is where this is coming from. They're worshiping self and they're worshiping those things that we watch in this video I showed. It's, it's important that you understand that. Do you, um, matter of fact, today you can actually, um, to, to prove what I'm saying, today you can find in your public libraries... Children's books that have pornographic material to teach children how to have sexual relations. Children. Why would this material be in a public library that we as taxpayers pay for? Do you know you, Christian, a taxpayer are paying for certain your libraries to have content in them, literature in there that is geared to children, that is pornographic, that shows things to children that they ought not to see. And this is what is happening. Matter of fact, not only is it in a public library, you can actually find some of these books in certain school districts. You find them in their libraries, in public school libraries. It's sad and it's a, a thing that is happening within our nation. And many parents, because of COVID, are waking up. They're seeing what is going on here. What have you been trying to teach my children? No wonder parents find when they their kid comes home, their, their little boy believes they're a girl or they're... Or their uh, little girl believes they're a boy, and, 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 and you find the kids are doing stuff with other kids. How did this happen? They saw something they shouldn't have seen. And children are cur- curious, and things happen, and, and children at times can abuse each other. We see these kinds of things that happen in our society, and unfortunately some have been touched by this. But God uh, did not uh, design sex that way. God did not design sex to be something Uh, To 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 use and flippantly it was it's a spiritual thing. It's a it's a thing that brings a man and a woman together in a oneness. And it is beautiful. And God made it to be done in a proper context. But what we see in our society today, it is not that way. A matter of fact, as I was mentioning to you, there are people in our educational system inside decided to approve of these types of materials being taught to children. They will, they will boycott you, they will picket you, they will do whatever they have to do in order to save material that is trying to sexualize children. And you and me as parents will say no and put a stop to it and one day, you, you, maybe my kids are older now, But one day I'm going to be a grandparent. I do not want my grandchildren reading this garbage. I don't want them to see it. I don't want them to. I want them to be pure and innocent as they should be their children. And I believe most Americans believe that, but they're not willing to take the stand. They're comfortable. And because of this, we have seen the enemy come in like a flood. He is uh, destroying homes and families and and we see this happening. And wh- why did I go there in this little tantrum? Because this has to do with sex in our society. And the Bible tells you to flee sexual immorality as a Christian. You're to flee. it. You're, to, you're, you're not to pursue this. You're to go away from it. And uh, the people that are doing this, Paul described these kinds of people in Romans 132. This is what he said about these people who are, uh, are proving these kinds of materials and kinds of things. In this world, sexual moral behavior, these are the kind of people Paul described. He says, though they know God's righteous decree, that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. See, as believers, we need to be reminded of what God has to say about sex so that we can walk in a manner worthy of Jesus Christ. In a manner that you and I, when we say I am a follower of Jesus Christ, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, that he rose again and one day He's coming back for me. Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ must be reminded that sexual and moral behavior should not be among us. We should not be uh, engaged in such activity. Why? Because we're going to see that in in just a few minutes. We're going to see why God wants us not to be living in that kind of manner, uh, that kind of way. I want to take you to our, our, our main text here. is First Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at verse 18. Verse 18. And it says here, Flee from sexual morality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but sexually uh, immoral persons sin against his own body. So the, But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. In other words, God is telling us, and this is where we're going to launch from, is that God wants you and me to, to avoid and to flee sexual immorality. Why? Because this kind of sin is against your own body. And uh, I want you to know that from the beginning, God created sex. Amen? God created sex from the beginning. This is not something that uh, we need to be blushing about. This is not something we ought to be, uh, oh, sex is such a bad thing. No, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's created, ordained by God. The problem is that man in his sin has perverted it, has twisted what sex should be about. I want to take you to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 or 28. I want you to see these couple uh, chapters that we're going to read here, because I want you to understand what God has meant sex to be. Look at verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. So again, this is Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27, or actually 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. You see, God intention here he created. I want you to see some things about sex and and sexuality, I want you to understand here that God, that we're going back to the ABCs, creation, the beginning. God, it says here, God created them, male and female. And what we have in our society today is people telling, the people are telling you that there are more than two genders. That is a lot of hogwash. That is something that you ought to reject as a believer and as a human being. You ought to reject that. It insults your intelligence. But these people continue with this nonsense, calling, telling people that they're uh, uh, telling a man that he is not a a man. He is a girl uh, because he's in the wrong body. He was given the the wrong assigned uh, gender at birth. This is inconceivable, but it happens. This is going on. There are people uh, you need to understand that these people are not just in some corner somewhere in the, in the world. And maybe for the first time you're hearing this and it's, it's kind of messing with you a little bit, but you need to understand this is very real. There are people who are in our uh, uh, medical industry in, in, in this country who actually believe these things and teach these things and want to indoctrinate our children in this kind of ideology. Uh, they want to, to, to erase reality. It's no longer what's between your legs that, make, that assigns your gender at birth. It's what's between your, your ears. It's what's in your mind. If you feel that you're something else than what you r- naturally are, then that's what you are. That is incorrect. That is ungodly. That is wicked and demonic. God made man and God made woman. He made male and female. So I just want to hit that a little bit. The next thing we see here in the beginning, God blessed the man and the woman. He blessed them and look what he said. He said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And so God in the beginning created sex to be enjoyed between one man, one woman. Marriage being the first institution that God established. God who made everything you see, the everything, the, the galaxies, the stars, the sand, everything you see in this world, God created it. And he created it for man to, to have dominion over it. Mankind. And he created man to have a woman. He made them male and female. And you notice this command can only be fulfilled by a man and a woman. A man and a man cannot be fruitful and multiply. A woman and a woman cannot be fruitful and multiply. Only one man and one woman can be fruitful and multiply this earth. You see, our enemy, the enemy of our soul wants to depopulate the earth. He doesn't want the earth to be populated with God's offspring. He wants, he doesn't want any light bearers anymore. He doesn't want any Uh, bearers of Christ on the earth, bearers of God, excuse me, image bearers of God. He doesn't want any more of that. He wants to destroy us. And therefore, they create uh, all kinds of ways to destroy human life. And so many people, my heart is broken when I see so many young people who have been deceived by Satan who will march and plead to be able to kill a child in the womb. Will do everything they can to keep this wicked um, procedure going in this country, and it is wicked. It is it is ungodly, and unfortunately, many churches were silent when Roe versus Wade was over overturned. Rather than rejoicing and praising God, we also saw pastors apologizing to to those in their congregation who might be hurt by these news. I mean, why would you apologize? This is good news. <laughs> this ought to be shouted from the rooftops. There ought to be a victory for, for life, a victory for, for the things that matter to God, life. And, and uh, yes, we're, we're, it's not a somber thing. It's not something to be, oh, well, you know, but I also know that some, listen, we know, man, if you have been a Christian long enough, you know that God redeems anyone who calls on him. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've been a part of in your life. The Bible says if we, if we come to Him, he, he, he will wash away our sins. We can come to God in repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and all our sins. Whether we, we were a murderer in the womb, we were murdering children in the womb, it doesn't matter. God can save the most wicked and vile person in this world and turn them around. Amen? Praise God. That's the good news of the gospel. And so there's no pastor that has to be apologized or being somber and all kind of, well, you know, this is one... No, it's wonderful because life, there's victory in that. You know why these people, they're so concerned? Well, now you you have to figure out how to take care of the kid. You know what? That'll happen. God will work it all out. We don't need to be worried about that. God will take care of that. What we need to be doing is preaching the gospel, ministering to young men and women, teaching them this subject that I'm talking about, we're going to be dealing with today, teaching them these things, and teaching young men how to be men. And young women, how to be women. This aside, we cannot allow our teachers who are in this world who do not know God. I'm not talking about Christian teachers. I'm talking about ungodly teachers. Teachers who don't know God to teach your child morality. Morality must come from the home. It must come from people of faith in their home. Not from a school, not from a, a curriculum. It must come from you as a parent. You and I are been tasked to teach our children these things. And unfortunately, because of the society we live in and the culture we find ourselves in, we have to teach these things a lot earlier than we want to with our children. But better you, mom and dad, to teach your children about sex than than this world. Better you to do it than someone else. See, in Genesis 2, let's go there. I want you to see this. In Genesis chapter 2, this again is is God... um, Uh, more detailed about man and woman's creation. And I want you to look at verse 18, and we're going to read from verse 18 to verse 25. I want you to see something. It says here, Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh and and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. The man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Isn't that awesome that God in the beginning sees an issue. He created man first. And in this process, man is enjoying what God has made. He's, 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 uh, he's out there. But God says, you know what? I've noticed something uh, that I, I see that man, it is not good for man to be alone. And in that moment, God begins to, from the ground, form every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see. And the man is bringing him, not like God didn't know what, was, what he needed, but wanted to see what man would do with it. And so, you know, Adam, is he sees these animals coming to him and he just calls them names. And what's interesting, you see here, it says, but, in verse 20, he said, but for Adam there was not found a helper Fit for him, you can imagine Adam seeing these male and female animals. You know, they, they have a pair; they're together, and and he, he doesn't have someone that's fit for him. And you can see they're fit for each other, and and yet there's I'm not a beast, and and you know on uh, uh, um, contrary to what some of these um, fools in society want you to think that you're nothing but a beast. No, you're the highest form of God's creation. Humanity is is, is has a living soul. Humanity is being created in the image of God. We are image bearers of the living God. And we're not to be equated to an animal. You are not an animal. You have been created by the creator of heaven and earth. And you bear his image on this earth. That's what we've just seen in Genesis. And so God, as a result uh, of this, he he saw man needed a woman. And in the beginning, he created the woman. And so the man and the woman... Now we see they were called to be uh, to be fruitful, multiply, right? So we see that this is meaning they are to have. Uh, you can't be fruitful not having sex. Sex comes uh, is part of life. It is not the, the the cream of the crop. It is not the most important thing in a relationship, but is an important part of a relationship between a man and a woman. And uh, God created this sex. So, that they would, be, they would become f- uh, one physically and spiritually. Uh, from that oneness, they would fill the earth with more image bearers, fulfilling God's command to be fruitful and multiply. So, one can con- conclude from these passages that m- in marriage uh, is where sex is to be done. So, we see, we are seeing God from the beginning created a man and a woman, He made Adam and Eve. And he said to them both to be fruitful and multiply. So we can see that God created this sex thing and God created a man and a woman to have that type of relationship and to do it in marriage. Because he said there that the, the, uh, the man shall leave his father and mother and be uh, joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So God, his intent and his design for sex was to be between one man, one woman for life. That was God's design Let's go on. God gave moral rules for sexual relations, you know. So God gave us rules. You know, when you go to play sports um, and you and you're about to play a game or, or when you're playing a game. I know my family and I, we like to we like to play board games. They like to play a little bit more than I do. But when we when we get together, we're all trying to figure out, OK, what are the rules? Why? Because we want to play by the rules because uh, some of us in our family like to cheat. And so Um, We got to get the rules out so we know how to play the game properly so people don't cheat to win. I mean, that can happen. I'm sorry. I know I'm the only one that has that in his family that people would like to try to cheat. Mm. I don't think so. I think all of us at one time or another try to cheat in a game because we wanted to win so bad. But see, we need to know the rules and God. Created this thing called sex and and he and he has some rules and has some regulations on how this should be done. And he and, he, and he's going to warn us of things that he does not want sex. These are out of bounds. You know, th- th- these types of behavior in sex are out of bounds. These are things breaking my moral law. And I want you to see in Leviticus chapter 18 In Leviticus chapter 18. I want you to see God's moral law concerning Relations, sexual relations. I want you to see this. Here in, in, in verses 6 through 18, I'm not going to read them all, but I want you to understand. God is giving his people uh, the moral law concerning sex. And he, he starts us, he says in verse 6, None of you shall approach anyone of his close relatives to uncovered nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You see, God, God tells us we are not to have sexual relations with our relatives, which is known as incest. We're not to have this. This is not to be happening today. God in Leviticus 18 said that shall not be in bounds any longer. We will not have this anymore. I am going to show you what I want and expect With sex, and it is not to be done with your close relatives. And uh, I don't have time, but you can go through that verse 16 through 18, and you can see all the relationships that he mentions here concerning relatives not having sexual intimacy. This is important. It says, You are not to have sex with a woman. In verse 19, look at this. He says, Here, you shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness again not to be having sex with a woman when she is going through her menstrual cycle not to get involved with a woman sexually in that way God had a plan and a rule and not to do it why because she is bleeding there's things that go on in that situation that you do not want to happen so this is an important thing that God has done uh, to to be able to keep us in the proper uh, place in other words Uh, In verse 21, he says, let me see here. Uh, We're we're not to offer, uh, we're not to commit adultery. In verse 20, a man, it says here, and you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife and so make yourself unclean with her. This is another thing. God says this is out of bounds. Sex is meant to be between one man, one woman in marriage. And therefore, you, man or woman, do not commit adultery. Do not be involved with another person's husband, spouse. Do not do that. This is against an immoral. It's against God. It's immoral towards him. And then in verse one, it's kind of interesting that God places here in verse 21 something that we, we, why would he mention this? I thought he was talking about sexual relations. What does this have? It's kind of a sore thumb in here. It says here, you should not give any of your children to offer them to Molech and, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. Well, if, if you've done a little bit of, of study before, I'll just help you out here. Molech was an idol. It was a demonic idol that, that uh, the pagans worshipped. And what they did was this idol, uh, or the, chi- the, the children of people would be offered up to this idol to die. Uh, they, would, they would bring their babies and put them in this fire and offer them up to Molech. This was a, an abomin- abomination to God. This was detestable to him. Why? Because God values life. He doesn't want to see children killed to a false religion, to a false God. And they were offering up their children. Well, uh, but as I mentioned, pagan worship involved sexual immorality. And so what was happening in these temples, they had priests or they had these, um, uh, they had male prostitutes there. uh, They had women prostitutes. So all kinds of sexual moral behavior was taking place in that society. And uh, we need to be careful To understand that, that God was saying, don't offer your children up as prostitutes. Do you know that there are people in this world that offer their children, their little girls, to be prostitutes so they can make some money in this world? Matter of fact, I I know of a situation in ministry. I was younger. I was in my, uh, uh, I want to say in my uh, uh, late 20s, and and we were ministering in in another country. And I know of a situation close to me, close to uh, where we were ministering. Where there was a young girl that was 12 years old that was being offered to men as a prostitute by her mother. And this young lady was given up to these men, and, and one of them impregnated her. And this young girl, at 12 years old, became pregnant from prostitution because her mother was her pimp. Her mother was pimping her out to people. It's terrible. And God is saying to us, don't do that to your children. Don't ever do that, parents, to your children. You're to protect them from this. You're to keep them from these kinds of uh, sexual moral behavior. You're not to allow that to take place with your child. You're not to be involved in, in offering them up in that way. And uh, anyway, uh, once again, we, we see what God is saying here. Then he goes on, he says... Um, in verse 22, he says, men, he said, you shall not lie with a man as with a woman. It is an abomination. Uh, God is also telling us that we are not, that men are not to have sexual relations with other men as, a, as they would a woman. They are not to be involved in homosexual behavior. And this would go also for uh, lesbianism, for, for women having sexual relations with each other. God is saying that is out of bounds. That is not my plan for sex. My plan is not for two people uh, the, of the same sex to be sexual with each other. That is not my intent for sex. And therefore, if it's not his intent, it's not what he wanted, it's not what we saw in creation, that when, if we engage in that kind of behavior, we are directly violating God's rule and God's law. And as a result, the Bible says that the wrath of God comes upon those who live in such manner. <laughs> I know I'm going into some things what God has to say here, but I really need you to understand. Look at this. You know, some of us don't realize the Bible says, talks about everything. Look here. He goes on to say it in verse 23. And you shall not lie with an animal. And so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is a perversion. It is perversion. So again, we are not to have sexual relations with animals that is out of bounds, that is sinful, that is missing the mark. We are not to do such uh, uh, perverse practices. Um, you need to understand that is happening in this world. There are people who are perverse and they're living in this way who do not know God. And see, if you notice that none of these relationships were made for marriage, therefore sex would, be, would not be permitted to be done Because these relations he mentioned were not permitted to marry and it's not a marriage, we, we can conclude here that it is, God is not permitting any sexual activity outside of marriage. We see that. Thirdly, we're warned to flee sexual morality. We saw there in 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee sexual morality. Every, every other sin a person commits is outside the body but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Romans 1, 26 tells us, See, when you sin sexually, when you are sexually immoral, you sin against your own body, this temple that God has given you. Look at what Romans 1, 26 and 27 says. It says, For this reason God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, And the men likewise gave up natural relations with the woman and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. This is why the sexual moral can get uh, STDs. These things can happen. They can get sexually transmitted diseases. Why? Because it is a sin against your body. And there are things that God is trying to protect us from. This is not a killjoy. God is not a killjoy. God is one who wants to protect you from what will destroy your life. And sex, though it was made beautiful and it was made awesome by God, if it is done improperly, will destroy you. It will lead you into places you never thought you would be. So I want to encourage you today to understand why am I talking about this? Because it's important. You need to understand in the times that we live in, uh, this is sex is being sold every, everywhere you turn. All the sexual moral things I've mentioned from Leviticus, we're seeing it all over our society. Um, they put it in our movies. They put it in our literature. They put it in our uh, social media. Everywhere you find, you can find this, this, these perversions being ta- uh, taking place in our society. See, the sexual moral will not inherit the kingdom of God. Their place will be the lake of fire. Those who continue in sexual moral behavior will not inherit God's kingdom. This is important. I need you to understand, like a doctor, whenever you're sick and you're not doing well, you know, a doctor, when they meet with you, they don't tell you, uh, they don't start with the good news. They start with, hey, listen, you have an issue. Uh, A few months ago, when I met with a doctor, he went right into, once he saw my blood work, he, 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 once he saw that my blood sugar was at 7.5, he began to talk to me as if I, I, you're a diabetic now and this is serious and there are consequences if you don't change your diet. He didn't talk to me like, hey, well, you know, just do it. No, he was straight up telling me these are things that can happen to you. You need to do, you need to change the way you eat. You need to understand because we're going to place you on medication. There are things that we have to do to, to get your sugar down because there are other organs this can affect. And so that's what I'm doing today with you, all of you who are watching or listening or whatever. I know it's tough. I know some of the things I said might be somewhat crude, but it is what we need to hear because we are living in a time that this is taking place and you need to understand that there are consequences for our actions when we uh, reject God's rule. When we say, God, you know what? I know better than you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to have sex with whatever I want to have sex, with whomever I want to have sex. And you can't tell me otherwise. And the, the reality is that when God, when you do that with God, God will turn you over to a reprobate mind and there will be consequences that come. As a result, and see, the problem with your sin, the problem with sin is that it tells you it's not an issue. It tells you it's no big deal. Nothing's going to happen. You see, you didn't get no STD this time. Yeah, this time. You may get one next time. Oh, you didn't get that girl pregnant, or, or you didn't get pregnant, you see? You see, your parents were just trying to freak you out. You see, light didn't strike you. You didn't die. No, 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 no. It's not... not There's a there's a there's a there's a um, time when all this is going to happen. There's a day of reckoning that's coming for all people who reject the Lord Jesus Christ, who reject the command of God, who say, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, regardless of what the creator says. I'm going to do my will. You see, that is Satan's mantra. My will be done. But see, the mantra of a follower of Jesus Christ is not my will be done, but your will be done. Why? Because that's how our Lord taught us. That was his way of living. He said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Remember that in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was faithful to the end. See, I want you to see in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Again, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Let's look at this. It says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5, verses 5 and 6. Again, Ephesians 5, verses 5 and 6 say, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. See, don't let people give you empty words. Ah, don't listen to him. He's just a crazy pastor out there talking to nobody. Hey, they said that about John the Baptist. And John was preaching repentance, calling people. To make straight the way of the Lord. You know. Don't be deceived by people. Wicked people. Remember last week I told you. The company you keep matters. Be careful who you keep as company. Be careful. Because the Bible says that bad company corrupts. Good character. Good morals. It will corrupt you. You can't handle being around people. Who are ungodly. Who want to lead you the wrong way. I'm not talking about not talking to a, a lost person. Obviously that's our our responsibility is to reach out to them and to bring them into, the, into, into uh, the, the preaching of the gospel. Bring them the word of God. Blessed are the feet of those who carry good news. We're to go and preach the good news that though all this has happened, though all of us have fall, fallen short of the glory of God, though we have all sinned and, and walked away from God, there is one who died, who paid the price for you and I to be set free from our sins, to be delivered and, and to be re-reconciled with God. Look what it says here in Revelation 21.8. Listen to this. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars, their, posi- their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You see, God is saying this is serious business. I do not want you engaging in this kind of Sexual and moral behavior because there are consequences and it could be for your eternal soul. The consequences could come for your eternal soul. I want you to know there's good news, though. There's good news that God, who is rich in mercy, made a way for you to be forgiven and transformed. You see, I want you to know that this pastor up here knows what it's like to be sexual moral. Knows what it's like to do things outside, out of bounds, out of God's way, being sinful, I know what it's like. I've been there. I've lived it. And God, who is rich in mercy, saved me, delivered me from where I was. I was was a sexual, moral man, and God delivered my life from it. And he wants to do that with you. (laughs) He wants to do that with you. Do you hear him calling? Do you hear his warning to you? See? See? He paid the price for our sexual sin on the cross. Jesus did. He's not come to condemn you today, but he's come to save you from your sin. Don't let Satan cause you to to turn a deaf ear to what was being preached today because it's bothering you, because it's, it's it's in your stuff. I'm meddling with where you are. No, God is meddling with where you are because he loves you. And the fact that you're listening and you're here is God's mercy. You see, the enemy don't want you here. The enemy doesn't want you to hear the word of God. The enemy doesn't want you to hear this message through any kind of social media. He wants it to be shut off. Why? Because it's going to impact you. It's going to cause there to be a reckoning. It's going to cause there to be a a moment of decision, a place where you have to come and say, you know what? I'm guilty here. And I need that Savior that Pastor Danny 's talking about. I need that Christ to save me. look, look, I want you to see this. look at the good news. remember i I was reading to you from first Corinthians chapter six, verse eighteen about fleeing sexual morality. I want you to know that we read verse uh, nine and ten that talked about look at what verse nine and ten say of first Corinthians chapter six uh, verse nine and ten talked about that that um, It says, uh, and I'm going to read all the way to verse 11 because the good news is in verse 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This is the question Paul asks. Do not be deceived, neither the sexual moral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You want to know what? Today you can be washed from your sins. Today you can be sanctified and you can be justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would but humble yourself and say, Lord, I surrender. I repent of my sins. I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to turn away from my sexual moral behavior. I want to turn to you, Lord. And you know what? God. Who is rich in mercy will wash away your sins he'll sanctify you and he'll justify you in the name of his son Jesus Christ that's good news let me pray for you Lord Jesus I thank you so much for your word today thank you that there's good news we read so much bad we read I ministered here today and there was so much bad Lord because we know Sin, it tries to make things seem like it's not that bad, but it's bad because it, you're the one that determines what's more and what is not. And Lord, I pray today for those in the sound of my voice that today would be a day of salvation for them. Today would be a day where they see, yes, I was that person you were describing in those that God was describing in, 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 in those writings that you read today from the word of God. I'm that man. I'm that woman. That's me. And I need that Savior that washed people, that sanctified them and justified them. I need the Lord Jesus Christ today, if that's you. Today, right where you are, bow your knee before God and cry out to him. He wants to save you. He wants to redeem you. He didn't come to condemn you. Friend, he came to save you. Your sin is condemning you. Your pride will condemn you. Oh, but today, if you would not harden your heart, turn to the Lord. Open your heart to Him. God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. Would you let Him in? And I pray for you as a Christian. Maybe you've been involved in some sexual moral behavior. Maybe you're not having sex, but you're watching sexual immoral behavior. I pray for you today to repent. And to pursue the Lord with a clean heart. The Bible says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Agree with God about this issue. Agree with him and say, Lord, what I've been watching, the things I've been doing, Lord, are not good. Because I see today your word is true. And I want to surrender that to you, Lord. I ask you to deliver me, Lord, from sexual morality. God wants to do that for you. God wants to deliver you right now, wherever you are. Would you cry out to him? Would you open your heart to the Lord Jesus and tell him, confess to him, agree with God about the issue. Say, God, I agree this is wrong. This is not of you. This is my own flesh, my sinful flesh wanting to have control, and I want to surrender it to you, Lord. Save me, O oh God. Deliver me from this, Lord. Give me the grace to walk in freedom so that I can turn others to you, Lord. We ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. We love you. We'll see you next time.